For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover a protest by postdoc students on campus, improvements to the Northeastern Rail Corridor, and more updates on the aftermath of Tyree Nichols' killing. It's Tuesday, January 31st. Yesterday, postdoc students marched from Icon Laboratory to Nassau Hall demanding better wages. This protest comes on the heels of an announcement from the university on Friday, raising the minimum for postdoctoral annual salaries to $65,000, effective March 1st. Prince reporters Sophie Glazer and Kyra Senner attended the protest. Daybreak sat down with Sophie to learn more. Sophie, thanks for joining us. Hi, Eden. Thanks for having me. Today, there was a protest from postdocs on campus. Why were they protesting? Well, today, this group gathered to deliver a letter to Dean Jarrett and Provost Prentice at Nassau Hall, and it was signed by over 400 postdoctoral researchers. The letter specifically called on the university to increase the minimum salary for postdocs, incorporate experience-based increases into their wages, and adjust salaries annually based on cost of living. I talked to Eve Berry about why postdocs decided to organize. Yeah, so the postdoc community here at Princeton has an organizing council. I've only been here for one year, but my sense is that in the last couple of years, life in Princeton has become increasingly difficult with rates of inflation and the cost of living increasing and COVID. And the Princeton University hasn't really supported our community to match all of these changes um, and, you know, doesn't support the postdoc community in a way that reflects our value and, and contribution to the university and also doesn't match, you know, what other top tier universities are doing in the United States. And so it's a, you know it's a conversation that's been happening for a while, and this is just kind of one in a string of actions that I think is trying to to get that recognition from the university. So what was the university change in policy? The university recently increased the minimum postdoc salary to sixty five thousand dollars, which represents an eighteen point five increase in wages. Last April, however, in a guest contribution to the Prince, an anonymous postdoc student demanded a twenty five percent increase. So how does this factor into the wage conversation at Princeton and higher ed in general? Last year, graduate students received a 25% increase in wages, which was given as a reason by the postdocs in an open letter for their demands. They also mentioned that the new policy excludes senior researchers and that they were not consulted by the university before the change. At the time that this episode was published, the university has not yet commented on these specific claims. Eve also remarked on the national conversation and Princeton's peer institutions. This is definitely a national issue and something that's been getting attention a lot recently. And so in our letter to Princeton, we cited recent efforts by University of Washington and MIT and Harvard and other universities like Stanford and elsewhere that are are doing similar kinds of requests to their university to acknowledge the role that postdocs play. And so, you know, we're contributing, you know, we're trying to be part of that national effort, but it's definitely something that's picking up steam a lot lately. At the time that I'm talking to you, the university has not yet responded to requests for comment. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me. There's more to come from the Prince on that protest. You can read the full article at dailyprincetonian.com tomorrow. In more campus news, the Council of the Prince University Community, CPUC, Committee on Naming, established in the fall of 2016, is seeking input on naming a dozen meeting rooms and event spaces in Prospect House, which is part of a greater plan to renovate the historic campus building. Advice and suggestions may be submitted through the link in the show notes. Recently, the committee's input was responsible for the renaming of Marks Hall and the Lockhart Hall Archway to Laura Wooten Hall and Ikeda Arch, respectively. You can 
read coverage from the prints on both of these recent renamings at the links in the show notes. In national news, the Northeastern Corridor is receiving long-needed improvements. President Biden is making two big funding announcements this week for updates to two century-old train tunnels. The projects have struggled to acquire funding in the past, but have been jump-started with support from the Federal Infrastructure Funding Package signed by Biden into law in the fall of 2021. One of the tunnels is in New York City, and construction is expected to begin as early as this year. 200,000 passengers use Amtrak or NJ Transit under the Hudson River Tunnel to travel in and out of the city every weekday, including many Princeton students. According to a data piece published by the Prince, it currently takes around one hour and 25 minutes to commute to New York City from Princeton. The infrastructure improvements are expected to relieve delays caused by the poor conditions of the corridor's tunnels. However, the project's completion is expected for 2038. You can read more about transit times for New York City and Philadelphia to and from Princeton in Ryan Kanarska's data piece at the link in the show notes. Continuing our ongoing coverage on Tyree Nichols, yesterday Memphis officials announced that the sixth Memphis officer involved in the traffic stop that led to Tyree Nichols' death was relieved of duty earlier this month. Previously, five officers were fired on January 20th after investigations found a violation of Memphis Police Department policy regarding the use of violence. They were charged with second-degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggregated kidnapping, one count of official oppression, and one count of aggravated assault. The sixth officer was identified by the police as Preston Hemphill. He was responsible for firing the stun gun at Nichols as he initially ran away from officers. However, according to his attorney, Hemphill was not at the scene where Nichols was beaten. Unlike the five other officers, Hemphill's name arose after the videotapes of the incident emerged. Nichols's family attorney challenged the police department's response, asking why Hemphill was quote, not yet terminated or charged. The White House is planning to end the COVID-19 national emergency and public health emergency on May 11th. The notice came last night in a statement from the White House opposing two House bills that would end the emergency declaration sooner. Ending the declarations would formally transition the federal response from treating the virus as an endemic threat to one that can be handled by normal authorities. If you are waiting for the first snow of the year here on campus, there is a chance of a snow and rain mix today with a high of 41 and a low of 25. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Oshi, Lahiri, Lena Kim, and me, sound engineered by Izzy Jacobson, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, class of 2022. For The Daily Princeonian, I'm Eden Tashoma. Have a wonderful day.